It's an unlikely team-up as a rebel spy joins Castian on the journey through the depths of the Imperial Consulate on Dalea. Both are looking for news of the captured Alderanians, but will either be happy with what they discover. Additional voices for this week provided by Zach and Everett from Tales of the Outer Rim podcast, Dwayne Feenstra from the Flight Risk podcast, Acer and Megan Tolentino from the Redacted Files, and Michael from the Redemption podcast. Argon, your rebel companion, takes the lead as you both begin working your way through the vent system of the Imperial Consulate on Delea. The two of you know that the Alderanian survivors are on either floor 19 or 20. No one was able to give you more specific directions than that. Castian follows Argon for a minute or two, just in silence, before he finally clears his throat. So how are we going to get up there? Turbo lift, or do you have a vent that we could start stuffing ourselves through? There is an incomplete turbo lift shaft. Construction was started on it and for whatever reason abandoned. That should take us to the upper floors that we need access to. And it helps us avoid actually dealing with active turbo lifts. Yes, I like that. Again, lead the way. And Argon continues to lead the way through the ducts for the moment. So tell me, Argon, are you from Alderaan, or are you just a nice little soldier following orders? Does it really matter? Of course it matters. I need to know if this is personal or if this is just a job. It is not personal, but it is more than a job. Ah, it's an obligation, yes. You're a believer in the rebel cause. Why would a belief make it an obligation? An obligation is all about belief. You believe in something higher and more important, or what you perceive to be more important than yourself. It is your obligation to follow through with that duty, that belief, until it eventually consumes you, spits you out, or you get wise to the whole understanding of the galaxy. Obligation implies a lack of choice. (laughs) Trust me, when you have a belief and it's really dug in there deep, there's really no choice. There's no turning back. It's the ugly thing about faith and belief. Sounds like someone's trying to justify his past. Sounds like someone's just trying to ignore his present. The two of you crawl through the rest of the vent in silence until you reach the turbo lift shaft. The air is musty here and stale. Obviously, no one has used this space in a long time. Castian pulls out like a flashlight, aims it down just to make sure that there's nothing down there unexpected. As your flashlight cuts into the darkness, you see dust motes floating in the air. The turbo lift shaft goes down five or six floors and continues up four or five, but there is no actual turbo lift carriage in here. I think you're right. I don't think they ever hooked up the carriage. Of course I'm right. Oh, and you have ego. That's great as well, Castian mumbles as he aims the flashlight up and looks... Uh, He's looking for any sort of access ladder. There is one, and it's even on the side of the turbo lift shaft that your vent leads out to. 19 or 20. Do we just want to do this in order, or do we want to just flip a credit? Let's stop on 19. Get a lay of the land up there. We haven't explored that level yet. That's what I was thinking. All right, come along. And Castian starts climbing. And aside from the rungs on this ladder being a little dusty, a little grimy, 
it is an easy enough climb for you. It's only a short climb until you can see painted onto the side of the turbo lift shaft a large number 19, an indication for the construction workers or maintenance staff about what lies on the other side of the door. Castian shines his flashlight along the wall to see if there's an actual door to the turbo lift that was added here or if it's just a vent. There is a door. It is, of course, shut without any sort of peephole. The doors are flush against each other. Okay, Ogden. Most likely, since they never use this shaft, whatever's on the other side is covered up. And this might even be welded shut. And Castian sticks out a foot trying to feel for a ledge so he can get close enough to the door to try to pry it open. There is a lip at the edge of the door. It is very narrow, however. Now, you are athletic enough that you can balance on this ledge easily. Doing something while balancing there is where it's going to get tricky. Castian feels with one foot just how narrow it is, and then he just kind of leans back over the turbo lift hole, his hand still clutching the ladder rung, and he stares at the door. And then he just holds out a hand, closes his eyes, and takes a breath. And then he's going to try to force this open using move object. Okay, I like that. That's clever. Since this is a door and not a person, this certainly isn't any kind of opposed check. However, it's a door that hasn't been used. As you said, it might be welded shut. So we're going to make this an average difficulty with one upgrade. Three successes, one threat, and two light side points. And I think I do need to actually use those two light side points because one is just to generate the force power and the other one is just to increase my strength in it. You reach out with the force, Castian, and with that power, you are able to take hold of these turbo lift doors. And as the power of the force inches those doors apart, you hear the shriek of metal on metal as these doors have not been opened in a long time. And of course, this is not how they are supposed to be opened, but they are not welded shut. This is simply the struggle of forcing open these doors that don't want to be open. Castian grits his teeth as he feels the vibration just enter his back molars. And after a minute or two, he finally drops his hand, his other hand barely clinging onto that rung to keep him from falling down the turbo lift shaft. And then he pulls himself close to the ladder, holds it, and takes a deep breath. Okay, there we go. And since you noted how difficult this was for you, let's use that threat as a point of strain. Argon from the ladder is just staring up at you. So it's true. What's true? The force. Your connection to it. Ah, Keanu Tan talks a lot, doesn't she? Castian says as he leans forward and takes hold of the lip of the ledge and pulls himself into wherever this leads. You pull yourself up into a closet. It appears that is how they masked this unused door. It's a coat closet. Castian uh, reaches down into the turbo lift and offers Argon a hand. Argon takes it. Castian pulls him in and finishes their conversation. Yes, I have the force. My past obligations made sure to teach me how to use it. And then he clicks off his flashlight and moves towards the door. 
I found going my own way and learning my own beliefs made it much more ideal for me. He presses his ear against the door to see if he can hear anything. You don't hear anything. And he tries opening the door. No one locks their coat closet, so you are able to push the door open easily. All right. Here we go, Castine says as he walks out into the room. The room that you walk into is obviously an office, but it also looks like a museum put together by the laziest curator ever. Every surface in this office is covered in junk, tchotchkes, knickknacks, something like that. There's no logical order to how these things are laid out. Simple stone statues are placed next to elaborate jewelry. Beautiful lamps are next to homespun dresses. Ceremonial handwritten parchment pages are stuffed into an imperial issue umbrella holder, while a woven basket holds a jumble of blankets. Castian raises an eyebrow before mumbling, Did we enter storage, I suppose? You said this was an office. Is there a desk? There is a desk. He moves towards the desk and sees if he can find anything that tells him who this office belongs to. You have to move a couple of things in order to reach the actual surface of the desk. Among them, you find an engraved pen, a child's stuffed animal, and a bracelet that looks like it is inlaid with emeralds and diamonds and other precious stones that you don't even have the name for. And when you reach the surface of the desk, you find a couple of data screens, which are locked at the moment. They have a security feature on them. However, you do see up at the top where it is waiting for the credentials to be entered, that it is waiting for the credentials of Imperial Commander Owen Carden. So this is the man who runs the consulate, the Imperial watchdog of Delea itself. And he collects knickknacks news to me. As you're taking a second look at all of these things on the desk and scattered around the office, how about you give me a perception roll? This is just average difficulty. One success, two threats, one triumph. You go back to that bracelet that you moved aside originally. That bracelet you've seen before, and you've seen it on the wrist of Varie Orden. I've seen this. He raises the bracelet up towards the light and looks through the jewels. This was given to Vary Orden by her fiancé, I think. Huh. And Cassian's going to look around at all the tchotchkes and things like that. Perhaps these were all taken from the Alderanian nobles? Argon lifts up one of those blankets from the woven basket. I don't know any noble that would have carried something like this around. And as he holds up the blanket, you can see that it's threadbare, even a couple of holes in it. You might be right. Well, regardless, these aren't the nobles, so we might as well continue looking around on this level. And Castian is going to slip the bracelet into his pocket. And then Castian is going to look towards Argan and say, Do you think you can get us some information on that? He points towards the data screen on the desk. He nods. Step aside. Yes. And Castian is going to move towards the front door of the office and just kind of press his ear against it to see if he can hear anything outside, any movement, things like that. While you're listening at the door, first let's resolve whether Argon can bypass the security measures here. He does. One success and two advantages. 
As you walk away towards that door, leaving Argon at the desk, he pulls out a small toolkit that he plugs into a data port in the desk. And then his fingers start flying over the screen as he is trying to be faster, basically, than any of the Imperial safeguards. And with one success and two advantages, he's going to get through. As you're listening at the door, you hear three sets of footsteps approaching this door. It sounds like they're walking down a carpeted hallway. Ogden, grab what you can and get back in the closet. I need a few more seconds. Well, okay then. Castian is looking around to see if there's like any sort of locking mechanism on this side. None that you see. Castian mutters a curse. Is there any rather large statues here or any large ornate screen? Something that, you know, this you've said this place is covered in tchotchkes and items. He's looking for something that's big. You got a triumph on your perception roll earlier, right? Yes. There's not a large stone statue. It looks like everything in here is something that could have been carried by one or two people. So you see some tall lamps. There are a couple of ceremonial staffs and several large boxes. You assume they're filled with smaller tchotchkes. Castian is going to reach out with the forest once more, and he's going to pick up two of these larger boxes and stack them in front of the door and tries to make it look like they must have toppled over when the last person left. And that's easy enough. I'm not going to make you roll for that. And as Castian does that, sets them all in place, he's moving quickly back towards the desk. And as soon as he can, he's pulling Argon into the closet, hoping that those boxes bought them those few seconds that they needed. It's a close call. You are still at the desk when you hear that door opening. And there's muttering and cursing on the other side. Whoever is on the other side of that door, it seems like he's on his last nerve. So this is one more inconvenience that's kind of sending him over the edge. And it is a photo finish as you and Argon dive into that closet and close the door behind you just as the other people are able to force open the door. Castanian leans against the door and just kind of tries to listen in on whatever happens in there. You hear the man who had been cursing at the door as he kicks aside one of the boxes. Who was the last person in here? I have given very strict instructions to everyone on this floor that these items are not to be disturbed. I, I'm sorry, sir. We'll check the security logs and, and find out what may have been happening. See that you do. Castian reaches into his pocket to maybe grab his communicator in order to record some of this. And then he winces as he realizes he still has that jewel bracelet that was on top of this man's desk. He looks towards Argon and sees if he's looking over like his data pad. He is. Castine leans forward and mumbles, I would bet you blast her to vibro knives that that's Oren Carden right there. Do you see anything in the files that indicate what's going on in that room or where he's stuck the nobles? Argon is scrolling through the data pad. There's a, a lot here. I just grabbed things without looking. It's going to take a minute. You got nothing but time, Castian mumbles. You hear Owen continuing to rail on within the room. We are running out of time to be diplomatic about this. If she will not sign the accord, more drastic measures must be taken. The same voice that earlier offered to look over the security record speaks up again. 
Sir, the orders from the moth are that the prisoners are to be treated. I know what he said. He also did say, and I believe there are others who agreed with this assessment, that we only had until the end of this week to get all of the houses to sign this accord. But no one knows exactly how many noble houses were off of Alderaan at the time of its loss. No one will notice if one more goes missing. Castian grits his teeth as he hears that, his hand dropping down towards the lightsaber hanging from his belt, but he stops himself and just shakes his head. And then he mumbles, Ogin? Tell me if I need to go in that room and make that man pay in order to move forward on this level, or if we need to go up. Yes, yes, we go up. He's still looking at his screen. Everyone is being kept on the 20th floor, and there's even a manifest of the houses that are represented. Is the person you're hoping for there? I don't see their name, but they are also of a high enough status that it would be of everyone's best interest to obscure them in any kind of official record. Okay, what about Varee Orden? Orden, Orden. Well, it doesn't have names listed, but yes. House Orden? House Orden is on this list. And does it happen to say how many uh, servants they brought with them? Do you want me to look into numbers, or do you want us to start climbing? Let's start climbing. And Castian, once again, climbs into the turbo lift shaft, grabs one of the rungs, and begins climbing. And for a second, he debates closing that turbo lift door, but he remembers how loud it was when he opened it. So he mumbles, well, hopefully he doesn't go into his closet that often, and he starts climbing. It's another short climb to get up to the 20th floor. It looks just like the entrance to the 19th floor was. Castian again is going to swing himself towards the lip of the door and press his ear against it to see if he can hear anything on the other side. You certainly hear muffled voices. You don't think they're immediately on the other side of this door, but you hear a lot of them. I think I hear somebody on the other side, but they're not so close. I can try forcing this open, but it will make noise. And what do you wish me to do about that? Be prepared. Get your blaster out. Done and done. Cassian's going to once again try to open this with the force. All right, give me the roll. Five successes, two threats, and three dark side points. Here's your choice. Do you go ahead and still open that door using the force? Or do you decide to try to use a different method and avoid taking that dark side conflict? Castian dips into it without even realizing it until he's already halfway through. And at that point, he just kind of grits his teeth and gets angrier at himself. Once again, kind of succumbing to that darkness and irritation. He will critique himself later. He will meditate later. But now he needs to get this door open. I will take the two dark side points. I think I get two strain for that too as well. Yes. The door once again screeches a bit that metal on metal shriek as you force it open inch by inch. And I assume you're opening it just enough for you and Argon to kind of shimmy through it, right? Yes. This time, when you exit the door, it's not into a closet or any kind of formal space. It looks like they actually just decided to wall this part up. It looks like there is a small passageway, just enough for you to walk through straight, single file. The wall that's in front of you It's not like a full wall. It's not something that has drywall and plaster or anything like that. It looks like it's just a little bit of essentially plywood, just enough to hide this door. You also do see that this wall is extremely tall. 
The 20th floor seems like it's probably the equivalent of two floors with how tall this goes up. All right. Well, uh, Castian says before trying to get his hands into the wood to be able to pull it out or push it forward. While you certainly would be capable of that, those voices that you heard earlier are much louder now. It sounds like there's dozens of people on the other side of this wall. The voices don't sound militaristic. They don't sound like officials that are speaking. These are more casual conversations. So the only way out, though, is through those boards, though, right? That's all you see at the moment. Argon is looking around as well, and he looks up. Does my vent method of getting around seem so poor of an idea now? Casting follows his gaze towards the vent above them. Well, let's not say I never follow your plan, Castian says as he offers to hoist him up to get to it. And you are easily able to lift up Argon. He takes out a small hyperspanner to quickly undo the screws holding the vent to the wall. And he hoists himself in. Castian follows shortly after him and they squeeze their way through. They're trying to find another vent that hopefully leads them to the other side or to another room that could get them to the other side. Argon leads you through the vents, up and down, around a couple of times. It's very difficult to keep in your head the map of this ventilation system. Casting mumbles ahead. Now I know what it feels like to be an instant holonet dinner. Eventually you are in a ventilation shaft that seems to go above this room. So you're able to look through one of the vents down into the room below. And what you see below you is a lavish ballroom. It is easily the most opulent place that you have seen in your time on Delea. There's dark hardwood floors inlaid with intricate designs. You can see chandeliers that are hanging from the ceiling here. And milling about below are Alderanian nobility, partaking in a large buffet table that is set up on one side of the room. Oh, those poor people. Look at them being tortured to death. Castian mumbles before he looks to see if he can pull this vent open. You're easily able to pull it open. Castian slides the vent grate to the side, and then he climbs down and reaches for one of the chains of the chandeliers in order to help him get closer. He's trying to sneak down into this ballroom, but that might be easier said than done. So obviously this is going to be a stealth roll, and this is going to be a hard stealth roll with... Two setback dice, because this is a brightly illuminated room. Not a lot of people are looking up, but if the chandelier starts shaking, that's when people might notice. I'm going to use a destiny point to upgrade one of the dice in my roll. I got one success and one advantage. Very nice. So you're able to absolutely, very quietly, step out onto the chandelier and wait until just the right moment that you can drop down into the ballroom when, coincidentally, everyone's back is turned to this particular corner. Castian looks up towards the vent and holds up a hand and then does a symbol to basically give Arden the order of keep watch. And then Castian is going to look down at his uniform, which is just covered in dust. And he just quickly wipes himself off, though that doesn't do much. Then he starts looking for first to see if there's any guards in here. And then second, see if he can find Cerise Nabella or anybody that she might be associated with. As you're now on the ground floor 
with all of these nobles, you're able to pick up parts of their conversations a little more distinctly now. You're hearing things like, Really? She's just being so stubborn. I heard she's making threats against her entourage to get them in line. No. I, I can't believe they would do such a thing. Never know what they might be doing in that palace. I certainly never was invited. <laughs> oh, at least the food in this prison is good. <laughs> oh, gone. My, my brother, his husband, their children. I think I'm the only one left. It wasn't hard to sign the agreement. And so on. Castian is moving through the crowd. Again, occasionally nodding towards a noble or two as they look towards him and give him a very skeptical look because, again, he looks like an officer, but covered in dust. This is the advantage coming into play. The success was you're able to get down there. The advantage is, while some may look at you kind of askance, nobody's willing to actually stop you in question. Because there's no actual guards in this room that you can see. Again, Castian now moves on to a second objective, looking for Cerise Nabella or anybody of House Orden. As your eyes dart around the room, you do see a couple of faces that are fleetingly familiar. You think you saw them in the press of people at Vary and Arin's wedding, but nobody that was part of the family, no one that had a real connection that you were aware of. And you certainly do not see Vary or Arin. Or Cerise Nabella. Castian is going to go towards one of the nobles and takes hold of their shoulder. Excuse me. She pulls away sharply. You, as I understand it, are under strict orders not to lay a hand on any of us, especially after we agreed to capitulate to your agreement. Castian bares his teeth and takes a step forward, and he drops his voice just a little bit, so she has to lean in to hear him, and he says, We were told that we would protect as many noble houses that escaped Alderaan, but the number of houses that escaped is still up for debate. Where is House Orden being kept? I'm trying to intimidate her. Okay, let's give an intimidation roll. She is just a civilian, but she's also nobility, so she has a little bit of resistance here. This is easy. It's a simple roll, just one difficulty with a setback die. One success and one advantage. The woman scoffs, but she's willing to talk. They are being kept separate from us as they have refused to sign the agreement that would allow us all to walk free. I see. Good. And where is that? She looks a little skeptical that you don't know, but with a success and an advantage on your coercion roll, she keeps talking and she gestures behind her to another corner of the room. At least before my family signed on to the agreement, everyone was being kept back there in the, the staff area. You hear that, everyone? If you do not sign the agreement, you will end up in the staff area. Let that be a lesson to you. And Castine's just going to walk away, as if that's the lamest threat known to man, and he just pushes through a few nobles, heading towards the staff area. As you approach the staff entrance that the noble indicated, you can see that this has had most likely some kind of upgrades because the lock on the door is far more complicated than what a simple staff entrance would normally have. 
At first, it looks like an ID scanner, but looking a little more closely, it's actually a biometric scanner. Oh, that's a little bit more difficult, he mumbles, before rubbing at his face. Castian is going to look back towards the vent to see if Argon is still there. He's pulled the vent cover back in place to help him hide a little bit more. But since you are looking for him, you're able to see he's still lurking up there. I'm going to nod my head towards the staff door as indicating where I need him to be. Then I'm looking around for anything that might be a light switch or the breaker, most likely a breaker. And I'm going to try to use mechanics to just turn off the lights briefly. Give him time to climb down to this thing. As you're looking around, you see that the wall that you're standing near is the same flimsy wall that you saw the other side of. And there is built into this part a very well-concealed door that seems like it might be some sort of access to the breaker. Casting will go through it. This is where they have a console that is controlling the climate control and the lights and other electronic equipment that's required to keep this place going. Casting's hoping that's not locked because he is going to turn off the lights if he can. It doesn't even require a mechanics roll. It's just a slider. As soon as the lights drop out completely, though, you hear the slightly panicked voices of the nobles outside. And he's literally going to give it 10 seconds. And then when that happens, he's going to immediately turn back on all the lights and he hopes Argon will have made it down, at least down and heading towards the right direction. And when the lights come back up and you peek your head out, you see Argon is kneeling at the staff entrance door. Castian's going to head over to where Argon's working. Argon doesn't acknowledge you as you approach. Castian's keeping an eye out to make sure no one's looking their direction or anything like that. Argon once again has his slicer's toolkit out, and within 20 seconds, you hear the magnetic lock release. Good job, Argon. And with that, he's going to open up the door and walk right through. The room that you walk into looks like it's a catering preparation area that has been converted into a holding cell. While the surroundings are cold and impersonal, there's linoleum floors, plain stainless steel counters. There have been attempts at adding some comfort to the room, including a plush if threadbare sofa and warm lamps in place of the harsh overhead lights that you saw elsewhere throughout the consulate. There are a dozen or so people in the room, again, recognizable as Alderanian, and several more faces that look familiar, this time specifically from House Orden's compound. And again, there's no guards in here. But standing in the center of the room are Vari and Arin Orden. They are standing together, and in front of them, a woman is speaking to them. She has her back turned to the door. She's wearing simple clothes, and she has a single tightly woven braid hanging down her back. Castian feels his heart start beating faster, and the world around him just seems to slow down. And he doesn't even realize he's walking into the room, or that people are probably turning to look at him as he moves towards that familiar braid. Vari looks over the woman's head and she curls her lip in disgust at you. 
I don't know what they think they are going to accomplish by sending someone as shoddy as you, but my answer remains no. I will not lie about what happened on my home planet. Casting just ignores Varee, and he reaches out and grabs the shoulder of the woman, and he pulls her in for a kiss. The woman immediately tenses up and gets her arms in between the two of you, pushing back on your chest. What? How dare? Let me go. And you realize at the last second... And it is not Cerise Nabella in your arms. It's Kaliza Harp. Cerise's... Assistant. Castian steps away, blinking. But even just seeing her is enough for him just to break into a smile. And just says, oh, she's here. She's alive. She's alive. <laughs> he pulls off his cap and smiles big at Kaliza and says, it's me. It's, it's, oh, God, what is she? Uh, it's, it's Gregor. It's Gregor Tibbins. It's... From Alderaan, I was Cerise's guest. You recognize me. I am, you know me. You picked me up outside of the, I was at the wedding. I I remember you now, but. Where is Cerise? I'm here. For, where is Cerise? He holds up a hand as Varie again tries to talk to him and he's just silencing her with a withering stare. And then he turns back towards Kaliza. She, she's, she was on Alderaan. No, no, she's, no, she said she was, she said, we, we had plans for her to come with them. They were going to, she was going to make a, why are you lying to me? Where is she? Where is Mike? I, I wouldn't lie about this, especially not to you. I, I, I know what. You were to each other, to, to some extent at least, but she was still on the planet. She had a last-minute meeting with the the heads of the, the house. They were going to discuss her future career plans. And Castian's world is just numb and that's kind of the best you could hope for him right now because right now he is not feeling anger or sadness or happiness or joy in a way this is what the Jedi are all about there is no emotion right now but there's no life either there's no reality there's just that ringing in his ears that kind of muffles everything around him. He doesn't know how long he stands there as this woman talks to him. He doesn't even know if Vari tries to get his attention or if Argan is yelling at him or, or what. His world is just empty. And the next thing that you register is the door that you came through being pushed open and voices saying, There he is. And all of the members of House Orden in this room start screaming and panicking, diving for cover. Castian looks over his shoulder as if someone just asked if it was tea time. There's just that calm nothingness 
And he's just kind of more curious to see who's behind him than anything else. You see behind you several stormtroopers. The one in the lead is a little taller than the rest and is in heavier armor. You would know from your time in the Empire that he is a riot trooper, and he is flanked two on each side by two standard stormtroopers. The riot trooper is armed with a shock staff, while the stormtroopers have their blaster rifles. Castian just stares at them as they spread out, some of them with staff, some of them with blaster rifles. And then he just kind of looks down at his hands, and he doesn't even realize it, but his lightsaber hilt is resting there. At some point, he must have grabbed it. And then finally, he looks up towards them. And with a face just void of emotion, he says, You broke my heart. Castian, how about you give me a willpower roll here? And this is a daunting task. And I'm going to upgrade that once. One failure, but I also got one triumph. So with a failure, obviously you're going to give in to your darkest impulses here. But with a triumph, you kind of surprised them. Whatever they expected to happen in here, it wasn't this fast. So I'm going to give you a free action before we roll initiative. Castian stares at them, and there is a long moment of silence as maybe a few troopers look at each other, not sure what he's talking about. Then his brow finally furrows. Oh, Castian's found an emotion to finally grab onto, and it's an old friend. And with that, he holds out his free hand and grips the riot trooper with the force and pulls him straight towards him. Give a roll to see how that does. He is going to resist you, so it is average difficulty. However, he has the adversary trait, so you upgrade that once. I got two successes. I got my two light side points, and Castian is holding out a hand, and he literally brings the guy's neck right into his hand. And now we can roll initiative? Yes, let's do that. I got three successes and an advantage. You go first, Castian. He activates his lightsaber blade and just stabs the man right into the stomach. Again, you do have to upgrade this once. And he has two melee defense. I got one success and two advantages. Eight points of damage to him. With my two advantages, I'm going to activate some gym, which is I spend a triumph or two advantages to disarm him of his weapon. And it flies wherever I want. Castian's going to make him drop his staff, and it slides towards the feet of Varie and her husband. You don't kill him, but yes, that's a, a very severe injury here. While the riot trooper is very injured and is pressed very close to you, he is still able to get his hand down to his hip, where you hadn't noticed initially that he has a light blaster pistol, and he's able to pull that out of his belt as a maneuver. He has quick draw, and he's going to press that against your side and fire into your side. And since he's so close and not at a great angle, he is going to have some negatives on his roll, but also you're not going to be able to use the benefits of your Shoto blade like the defense and the reflect. Sounds fair. He did not do well. One failure and two threats. So with two threats, you get a free maneuver. Castian, he's preparing to be shot at by these stormtroopers. 
So he's using this man as a human shield. All right, I think that you're using essentially the guarded stance maneuver. It would give you a setback die to your combat checks, but a plus one to your defense. I'll take it. And can I also have his armor bonus if they do get through? Sure. Wow, they had a fair number of dice because it is four stormtroopers and they rolled one failure. So, true to form, the stormtroopers open fire and hit nobody. So it is back up to you, Castian. Castian is going to continue to stab this man. He needs him down first. So Castian's going to attack this man. I got two successes and one threat. And that is absolutely going to take out this riot trooper. Do you care to describe it? Castian uses this man to kind of deflect a few of the blaster bolts that are shot his way. None of them hit him entirely. They just kind of reflect off his armor. And then Castian's just going to do with a flourish, a quick swipe up, and cuts up this man's face. He's dead. And then with my new maneuver, I'm going to use Force Leap to jump with this man as close as I can to two of those troopers to make it even harder for them to just kind of get an easy shot on me. I just need to make sure I got my force die, which I do. I got two light side. Okay. So yes, you land directly in front of two of these troopers. The other two are still at a farther range. Do you still have your lightsaber out? Yes. So you're going to be able to apply that defense that you would normally have. Great. So these stormtroopers, once again, fail their attack. However, they do get two advantages, which gives them a free maneuver. So I'm going to have these stormtroopers jump behind those counters that were described earlier. So they're going to be taking cover. So that means going forward, they have plus one to their range defense. You said this was a riot trooper. Yes. Does he have any smoke grenades on him? He has a frag grenade on him. Are those stormtroopers close enough to any of the nobles to make using a frag grenade dangerous? It's certainly possible if the roll goes poorly that there could be some some bad side effects, but it should be fine. Castine is going to use the force to launch this dead riot trooper over the counter and land beside those stormtroopers. And as they look down, they hear a beeping and they realize that Castian has activated his grenade that was connected to his belt. Okay, give me a roll. I got two light side, two dark side, one success, one threat, and a triumph. So since these are stormtroopers, you succeeded and the damage on a frag grenade is very high. You are going to eliminate the stormtrooper threat in one big boom. However, your ears are ringing. Probably everybody in the room's ears are ringing because of that threat. And so you're going to have the disoriented effect for the next scene, which means that all checks are going to have a setback die added to them. Castian stands there, just taking in a deep breath, (sighs) and then swallows deep. Argon comes to your side. We have to keep moving. They're going to, to know. And I will cut down every last one of them. They are mine, Argon. Even your anger cannot decimate an entire consulate full of Imperial soldiers. And then I will die trying. They took everything from me, so I will burn this consulate to the ground. And what of them? And he nods his head back at the nobles. And 
I should note here that while Varie and Arin are nobility, the rest of their entourage are just civilians that have the bad luck to be traveling with them. Or good luck. Certainly depends on your point of view. Castian stares long and hard at all of them. And then finally he deactivates his blade and takes a step towards Varie. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out the bracelet and hands it to her. She looks down at it. And the girl that you remember from the wedding would have been so excited over getting this shiny trinket. You remember her enthusiasm over pretty dresses and her pettiness at not getting her way over the flowers. But the Varie that stands in front of you isn't a girl. What's happened to her, what's happened to her people, what's happened to her planet, she's a woman. And a woman that is now on a mission. She drops the bracelet. It hits the ground and the clasp breaks sending the jewels scattering around the room. And she reaches down. And you think maybe for a second it's to collect some of these jewels. But it's instead to grab the staff that landed at her feet. I will get you all out of here. And then I will find my vengeance. But not before you're all safe. Especially you, Miss Hop. Cerise cared about you very greatly. And Castian turns towards the door, snarls a little bit, and walks out through the staff entrance, and into the ballroom. Follow me! Varie, Arin, and Kaliza immediately fall in line behind you. Everybody else is still very scared and intimidated by you. But when Varie looks back and gives a simple wave of that staff, everyone else begins to follow. Castian walks out into the ballroom, with his lightsaber out and just ready to defend himself if there's any more guards, anything there. While there's no guards or soldiers rushing into the room, you know that it's only a matter of time before it happens. Meanwhile, all of those nobles that were in that ballroom have taken cover behind that buffet table. They're cowering together in corners. And when you come stalking out of that room looking like vengeance incarnate, there's just a a scared gasp that goes throughout the room. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Argon steps up next to you. He's about to reach for your shoulder and then thinks better of it. We need to get them out too. These people, they sold out their entire planet. They signed on the line. Let them burn up the rest of the consulate. Varie steps up on the other side of you. You do not get to make a pronouncement like that. These are my people. I am the one that gets to decide what happens to them, and you have no idea what we have been through for the last weeks. You You show up here with grand proclamations because you have lost one person. One person! We have lost millions. Your pain does not get to dictate about what happens to ours. She turns to the rest of the room. Done with you. Castian is actually cowed. She doesn't intimidate me, but that shuts Castian up real good. I know what all of you did. Signing on to the agreement with the Empire felt like our only option. After what happened to Alderaan, which we all know we did not bring upon ourselves, we don't know what they're capable of. 
So of course you signed on to their accords. I do not hold that against any of you. But we might be all that is left of our home. We cannot allow them to divide us. So no matter what you said, for whatever reason, we must stand together. And we must work together to escape this consulate and find safety for ourselves until we have a chance to regroup and take our time to mourn our dead and move on. One of the nobles steps forward. But what is left? What is left for us to, to fight for, to identify ourselves? There is no more hope. The royal family, Queen Brea, the prince consort, their daughter, they're all gone. And now Argon steps forward. No, not all. Princess Leia lives. There's gasps once more throughout the room. Castian waits a few more seconds as the whispering moves across the room before he steps forward and mumbles towards Vary. We don't have a lot of time. We need to start moving now. She nods. Everyone, follow him. Castian looks towards Arden and says, I doubt we can get everyone down that turbo lift in a very timely manner, so we need to start heading up. There has to be some sort of landing pad on top of this consulate that we can use to, I don't know, put these people in a ship and hope that we can fly out of here. Argan nods and Varie points to another side of the room. The lift is over there. Let's go, everyone. And Castian activates his blade and just leads the way, just charging as quickly as he can. You lead this ragtag group of nobles to the lift. And as soon as the door is open, you see it is full of stormtroopers. Castian skids to a halt and then holds out his blade in front of him. I, Castian Sire, stand in defense of Alderaan. If you stand against us, your life will be forfeit. I want you to just give me one combat roll and we're going to narrate how it goes. So to represent the difficulty of going through so many stormtroopers, we're going to make this a daunting task for difficulty. And I would like to spend a destiny point to increase my roll. Four successes, one threat. With that threat, we're going to say you take a wound. One of those stormtroopers finally got a shot in. But otherwise, care to describe what it's like to cut through a turbo lift filled with stormtroopers? Castian uses the force to launch himself forward into the turbo lift. And as he comes down hard onto a stormtrooper and slices into him, the door closes. And the only thing that people hear is shots being fired and the swiping of a lightsaber. And after a minute, there's just silence. And then the door opens and out steps Castian Saya, his shoulder looking a little crispier than normal, but otherwise untouched. And behind him is just the slaughtered remains of the stormtroopers. Castian stares at them for a second before saying, well, get on with it. Grab the stormtroopers, throw them out and get in the turbo lift. We'll take 10 at a time. Come along. And Castian's going to go first with the first group of people. And Argon's just going to keep on sending them up until he takes the last one with them. Varie is also going to wait until the end. Makes sense. I'm handing out the blasters to anybody who is willing to fight. 
And maybe there's a few bodyguards that went with these nobles. So anybody who is trained to fire gets a blaster. He looks at Arden one last time before the doors close and says, tell her we need an evac now. He knows who I'm talking about. And then Castian's heading up towards the roof. This turbo lift brings you right up to the roof. When the door opens, of course, there's more guards who have been waiting for you. But this is just a handful of stormtroopers. So between your blade and the collection of civilians who are wielding blasters, it's not too difficult to cut through them. And just when you cut down the last stormtrooper and think you've got a moment to catch your breath, you hear a ship from above. And it only takes you a heartbeat to recognize the sound of a TIE fighter's engine. Castian steps back and holds his lightsaber up, but he knows he can't block the blast of a TIE fighter, so he's just there staring down the fighter as it hovers there, aiming at him. And you can see the large blaster cannons on this TIE fighter taking aim directly at you. And then you hear the shriek of another engine. And another blaster bolt fires. And the TIE fighter explodes. Castian stumbles away and shields his eyes before looking back towards wherever that blast came from. And swooping through the smoke and wreckage of the TIE fighter, another ship comes through and lands on the roof. The back of your brain recognizes it as a YT-13, and the hatch opens, revealing Galnuri Tand there. Oh, I see you had left the building. Thank goodness for that. Come on, he says as he's waving towards the nobles to get up the ramp. And then Castian gets to the elevator and just keeps on, you know, every time it opens, waving people on until hopefully Arden and Varie are the last to come up. And it's only two more trips before everyone is up there. When Galnuri Tand sees Argon, she asks him, but she's looking in your direction as well. Did you find who you're looking for? Cassian just shakes his head and looks away. Argon does the same. We need to get out of here now. The planetary defenses might be up. I, I don't know if we'll be able to break through, but we need to find some place away from here as soon as possible. Galnuri Tand ushers Argon and you up the ramp as the ship begins to rise from the consulate. We won't be able to make it through the planetary lockdown, but we have a place on Deleo we can hide for the time being. The pilot of the ship must already be aware of the destination, Castian, because you feel the ship begin its escape from the capital city, with blaster bolts barely missing it in its wake. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible podcast network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. One of them starts walking up to you and grabs the jacket that you're still wearing by the collar. I really wish you hadn't done that. Why? Grab my repulsor fist and smack him right in the face. Hello there, and welcome to Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is an actual play RPG podcast set during the Clone Wars era of the Star Wars universe. 
On Coruscant Nights, our goal is to bring as many different voices to the table as we can. You sure got Val Yindo's family there, don't ya? We do. Sure got Val Yindo over a barrel. Ah, uh, <laughs> look, fellas, I, I don't know if you, you forgot your prescription lenses, but uh, clearly there's been some kind of mistake. I mean, th there's not much family resemblance here. Mando, man. Underline, underline, exclamation point. Yeah, he's the one, he's he's real shiny. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, you did get it, right? Of course I got Mando, man. Do <laughs> a deception check. 